Good morning, good avo, good evening, whatever time of the day it is, welcome to Breaking Out the Podcast. I'm Jason Naylor. This is episode 7. Hey, I don't know about you, but I've just had the craziest week of my entire year, I think. It doesn't seem to matter what happens. Every year, December ends up being the busiest time of my year. I've just come off, I think, four photo booth bookings over the last week. A couple of massive big five, six hour corporate events, a four hour event at a church, and a couple of hours at a pub that was probably the craziest of the lot. I'm desperately, desperately hanging out for a summer break. A few more days of work to do, a little bit of preparation in the combi, and then we're hitting the road next week. Hey, just a heads up, I might not be releasing another episode of this podcast for two or three weeks. I might just have a little bit of a summer break. I need some time out. I need some time away from the computer. And I actually just need to spend some time with my family. So I apologise if there's no episodes over the New Year's period. Um, rest assured that by the week of about either the 8th or the 15th, things will definitely be back into it. What about you? What have you been up to? Keen to know? Keen to hear? Let me know. Hey, so when we talk about an artist, what do you picture? Are you like me and you imagine someone in their hideaway, in their studio, all day, every day, surrounded by their tools, surrounded by inspiration, thinking about nothing else, in the state of flow, and just creating, 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 for the sake of creating? It sounds idyllic, doesn't it? it sounds like a dream. It sounds like it'll be impossible. Don't we have life to worry about? Don't we have too many other things that we need to deal with as well? Well, today's artist has achieved almost exactly that. Today's artist is Sophia Minson, and she's a painter. And we talk a lot in this interview about her process. We talk a lot about her environment. And she goes into conversations about flow and about finding the right space to create. Now, it's a bit of a long interview, and I have to apologise for a huge technical faux pas I made where... I actually ran out of batteries on my recorder. It was my third interview in a row. I was so engrossed in what was going on. I wasn't looking at my recorder. Batteries went flat. Missed about 5-10 minutes of conversation. We managed to back up, have that conversation again. And I don't think anything was lost, thankfully. So I apologise for that tiny little hiccup in here. So I hope you enjoy this conversation with Sophia Minson. See you on the other side. Good morning. Good morning and welcome to, <laughs> welcome to the Breaking Up Podcast. We have in the combi here today, Sophia Minson. Thanks for coming along. Hi. Thanks, Jason. Nice to see you again. Yeah, you too. Where have you brought us today? Brought us down to French Bay in Titsirangi. French Bay. Yes. Um, we, My house is kind of in the middle of nowhere. It's in Glendine in West Auckland. And uh, as I was just telling you before, the only sort of green space near us is the Waikometi Cemetery, which is... Uh, the largest cemetery in the southern hemisphere, but um, we don't actually have any parks or parks or uh, beaches near us. So this is the closest one. It's pretty close to be it's fair. It's fifteen minutes. Fifteen yeah. minutes, and it is absolutely lovely here today. We're sitting here. We're almost on our own. A dog walk has just strolled past. Oh, a couple sweet. of ducks swimming around. Yeah. A few people doing some tai chi or something over on the wharf. Oh, and are that- they? Something was happening over there, Gorgeous. and and that's us, and it's just a really <laughs> nice, calm, grey day here in Auckland on the beach, so I really appreciate this. This yeah. is, um, are you fond of the beach? Is the oh, I'm seaside loving, yeah, absolutely, necessary, yeah, for the necessary. mind. <laughs> right, so you'd come out here yeah. or to another beach in Auckland on a regular basis? Regular, and when I don't, um, yeah, I do start feeling trapped in my mind, you know, even if we are going... Um, out and about outside or if we're in a mountainous area that's lovely but I just love 
and need the sea and yes. the horizon, yes. like that distant horizon. That's yeah, interesting. That's def- it's always been part of my life. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I resonate with that hugely. I actually don't really like swimming, and I'm not into any water sports or anything, but I, I really, really love the sea. And oh. it can't even be a river, for, to be fair. Is yeah. that, are you similar to that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just it's the water thing, isn't it? It's, yeah. it's a metaphor for <laughs> existence. Yeah, right. It's yeah. the ocean, and we're droplets in the ocean. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. There is thing. all of that. Yeah, yeah, and it's just calming. It's meditative. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So the also we've I grew up around um, the ocean. Um, like, was born in Auckland, and then my family uh, moved to Samoa for two years right. and then since then we also lived in like Sri Lanka and um, we just always lived by the coast or in tropical countries so yeah the water's been a big theme big, in my life. Big part of your I dream about water life. a lot yeah do you yeah, yeah. yeah right that's fantastic <laughs> okay hey let's while we're on that subject let's talk then a little bit more about your environment yep. um, actually let's not do that scratch that scratch let's go that. back because the listeners don't even know what you do so oh, let's yeah, go back. So Sophia Minson is a painter. Yeah, <laughs> that was a very soft, quiet, reserved. <laughs> Sophia Minson is a painter, primarily oil painter. Uh, or no, you... oils and acrylics. Yeah, I haven't really branched out into sculpture or anything. Um, I just love the paint. I love the two D. Um, yeah, at the moment I'm splashing a lot of flash, which is an ink like. It's it's a vinyl based paint, similar to acrylics, but it's got a really high uh, pigment. And, um, what does that mean, high pigment? High pigment, I mean, it's it's a strong colour, so you can water it down quite a lot, and right. it still will give you a strong colour. Right. It's also got a strong glue factor, so you can, again, water it down quite a lot, and it still sticks to the canvas. Right. So, flash is my favourite medium at the moment. Flash. Yeah, F-L-A-S-H-E. It's French. I get, I'll take you to French paint, <laughs> and I use French paint. French paint. I love it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, oils, acrylics... Um, inks and love my canvas. Yep. Yeah. So can we talk then about your your environment, right? I have this vision of an artist like yourself, a painter, mm. with this beautifully idyllic room slash cabin slash house on the hills oh, or something. I wish I had a cabin. Yeah, you do have a house on the hills though, right? <laughs> um, and you retreat to this room and you sit in front of your easel every day and you just play with paint on canvas. Is that kind of how it works for you? I think I'm working towards that dream, the sort of idyllic um, environment dream. So our house is very much uh, suburban. We live on a main road. As I said, the only green space is um, the cemetery, (laughs) which can be humbling, you know, visiting the dead people and saying thanks. Thanks, ancestors. And oh, look (laughs) at the trees. It is actually quite a nice experience. But my studio, yeah, I've struggled the last sort of three years since we moved to West Auckland, um, my studio space went from, I was out east before and I had a double uh, garage, which had a nice high ceiling. Right. And um, I was working on like two meter by three meter canvases and it was all good. Um, And then we moved out here, my husband and I, and I went straight into this tiny little bedroom and it was actually in a dark part of the house. And then I realized, oh, you know, I'm not not feeling creative in that space. And so I move into a different bedroom in the house and that's a sunny bedroom, but it's still tiny and I feel cramped. And so, you know, another year later, I'm like, screw it. And I've taken over the whole lounge. So right. we don't have a the lounge. actual room. lounge room. Yeah, I've right. padded it with, um, 
I've covered the whole thing with uh, old carpet, and we sold our um, couch. Don't even have a couch. We That's don't awesome. have a couch. No room for that. Get rid of it. Get rid of it. <laughs> yep. It's like who spends the most time in this, like in this house? It's me because sure. I spend, you know, day in day out painting. So we're just not going to have people over. <laughs> you know, it's just going to be my yeah, workspace. And so, yeah, your idea of like this beautiful cabin where I go and I feel so um, like inspired or it's it's this beautiful environment. I'm working towards that. You are working that. towards that. I'm working yeah. towards it. And, you know, we might move house at some stage and I can expand the sort of indoor out because I love the garden. I love sort of permaculture and food forests and yeah. being out in the garden and feeling creative in that way too. Yep. And our house has um, got quite a small amount of land. And so I've done as much as I can around the perimeter of the property, pr- planting as many fruit trees as possible. Great. Yeah. But yep. I'd, yeah. So I, I've got a vision of another sort of piece of land. I don't care about what the house looks like. Yep. It can be a piece of crap. It can be a small cabin. I don't like cleaning. Uh-huh. So the, so. the smaller the better. Yeah, I understand. Yeah, um, but I'd love to plant my own food forest, and I think that would be like an extra sort of bit of inspiration for my art to have. Wow, yeah, yeah, I do love gardening. that. Do you take the canvas outside occasionally, or, or are you waiting for the no. time when you have that kind of space? Oh, I don't think the outside thing, I think, is a nice dream, yeah. <laughs> but then bugs and um, <laughs> sun. sun and random bits of fluff get stuck right. on it. So, oh, yeah, 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 that would be terrible for your painting. Okay, yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah, practically just, it doesn't. Yeah. So it's more about just having that, having that there, being able to yeah. step outside and immerse yourself in the garden, exactly. wander around, cycle that up, and then that helps your inspiration when yeah. you're painting again. Yeah, but yeah. we've done what we had to do, like moving out here, and um, the house has been good to us. I, We live and I work upstairs, and my husband uh, works downstairs, so he's got an office with quite a few people that come in and work downstairs. Downstairs, yeah. So it's been that whole, um, you know, home office scenario for both of us. Yeah. Uh, so it's worked really well. Does that work well for you? It does that, work that, that well. That one floor of separation is enough for you to, to, to be in your own space? Well, that's been our, um, the whole work-life balance because we love what we do. Great. Um, it's great, but it also means sometimes we work too much. And sure. so we forget to have balance. Sure. Um, and being at home. I remember one time we, <laughs> it was a particularly stressful time during our um, like in my art and my husband's business, we went on a little holiday, like a, you know, like a two day sort of road trip. And as we were driving up the hill towards our home, we started getting stressed out because we were going to work essentially. Oh, no, you were home. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and we're like, oh, maybe, uh, maybe this isn't working at the moment. Oh no. And did yeah. you make changes after that? Or... I, th- I think those weekends away are really important. Yep. Um, so that was just a wake-up call that, oh, God, maybe things aren't, you know, as balanced as they should be. Yeah, sure. And we just need more weekends like okay. that. Okay, Yeah. Yeah, great. Okay. It's interesting to know that um, this is a work in progress, and it probably it always is. will be, it right? It always will be, And yeah. even if you did end up moving to another place that had what you wanted, you'll probably find there's something in there that's not quite working as well. And exactly. then you just adapt and change and keep yeah. moving forward. Yeah. So yeah. your lounge room yeah. is your painting space yes and if i walked in there now would i find finished half finished empty canvases all your materials all spread around yes. yeah would it just would it look like an artist's space 100 percent. Yeah. fantastic all of the above yeah i love that and no sofa <laughs> no tv brilliant yeah and so do you spend 
this might be a silly question, but do you spend a lot of time in there? Do you go there every day? Is it, every day. Do you have, a, you have a routine where you head to your lounge room yeah. and you paint? Is yeah. that how it works for you? Um, I'm not actively a routine sort of person, um, but it's my default position to be in the studio. So the routine, I would like to um, improve on that in my life, like wake up at a certain time each day, um, eat a certain thing, uh, <laughs> maybe do some exercise, maybe then go into the studio. But yep. those things I'm still working on. Right. I'm quite a random sort of erratic person. Yep. So one morning will be totally different from the next. Yeah, right. But as I say, my default position. So, you know, like eight to ten hours a day are in my studio. Wow. Unless, like, I have to go out to do sure. something. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So five, six days a week, however many days you work. Yeah, five, six. Yep. Yeah. And it may not be super early, but you'll head in there and you'll still do eight, ten hours in your studio. Yes. Painting. Yeah, painting or trying to paint. So okay. Okay. <laughs> sometimes you're looking for the inspiration. And What does um, trying to paint look like? Does it still look like you in front of a canvas with a brush or is it actually sometimes you're doing something completely different? Yeah, that's funny. Eh? Sometimes, sometimes it is like really slowly painting, like a little bit of detail, yeah. and um, realizing, oh, just not feeling it, and then going back to the drawing board. And for me, the drawing board is research, is like image research, is composition, playing around with compositions. So then I might spend three hours farting around trying to think of like a different composition of something totally fresh I could work on because I wasn't feeling the previous piece yeah right yeah so so not working or the inspiration when the inspiration's not there is sort of everything becomes slow and it becomes computer based <laughs> ah so you, you spend a fair bit of time at your computer yeah because I don't really draw with my hand yep. um I create compositions on Photoshop. Wow. And uh, yeah, so I'm quite digital that yeah, way. Yeah, that's Digital drawing, yeah. And and so so your, your time spent researching, a lot of that yeah. is online as well. Yeah. Yeah, just looking yeah. for imagery, reading stories, just consuming whatever you can. Yeah, exactly. About, about sort of whatever ideas you might yeah. have in your head about where this image is going to go. Yeah. And then pulling something together, comp compositing something in mm. Photoshop until you think, yep, that's it, then move over to your canvas yes. and start painting. Yes. Right. Yep. And if that's not flowing, back to Photoshop. Back to the drawing board. Yeah, yep. back to Photoshop. Tweak something or start again. Back to the internet. And, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. a rabbit hole in itself. Yeah, absolutely. As soon right, as you right. open up the computer, there's, it's a there's bit your of a... eight or ten hours, right? Yeah, every yeah. Day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not a single stroke of paint I on the canvas. I just watch YouTube every day. No. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> Who doesn't, eh? Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. So... Do could you quite easily you could easily soak up hours or days, com, uh, composing something in Photoshop, yeah. but you're pretty eager. I'm putting words in your mouth here, yeah. but you're pretty eager to get in front of the canvas and actually get that. Yes. And would would you say yeah. you spend more time actually researching and getting ready for an image than you do actually painting that image? No, sometimes, sometimes, sometimes painting itself can take years you know intermittently wow. working on a piece wow. can take years of actually sitting there doing a bit of painting is that, is that is that an actual term of measurement there years or are you exaggerating a little the, bit the longest one has been three years wow for a single painting? a single portrait yep. wow and it's not like That's i didn't amazing. work on anything else during that time. sure of sure. course i did yep. but it's this piece that's that sits there and it looks at me and it says i'm not finished yet uh -huh. i'm not finished yet 
And um and it haunts me. Right. <laughs> yeah, I get haunted by my unfinished pieces. Oh wow. How many of those are there at any given oh, time? Oh jeez. I've got a storage room and there there are like a, a dozen. And oh, and then that. there are pieces my other pet hate is seeing pieces that I've finished that um haven't been sold, so they're in my house. I hate it. Oh no. I hate it so much. Right. I usually you know, they're in grave danger of being taken off the wall and painted over just because just because it's like with 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 being creative it's always about the now it's always like what are my ideas now and so I'll look at an idea that I did three years ago and I think what that's not what I'm doing now you know it needs to be updated (laughs) yeah Yeah, sure But could you said that about um, those images that are unsold? Yeah. Do you feel the same way about some images that you've finished that have been sold that have gone on to great things? Can you look at some of your old work and think, what yeah. was I thinking there? God, yes. All of it? Some of it? Some of it. Okay. Some of it, I'm like, oh dear. But at least it's not in front of me. If it was I in see, front of me, I'd paint over it. Right. So yeah, I, I yeah. really need that support from family and like my husband to actually physically stop me from painting over things yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> so they take care of the old they take it old an, old, an old artwork that's been sitting there for a yeah, little so, while oh you finished this okay let me take that to uh <laughs> mum and dad's house or whatever, <laughs> just so it's safe just to preserve it yeah yeah we don't want a sophia Minson artwork being been painted over again yeah. yeah oh good on them good support there yeah um your husband gives you the i mean he's got his own business obviously but he gives you the time to paint quite supportive of that I assume yeah yeah um I've um sort of helped him in artistic ways for his business as well sort of creative directing his wow you know things like his website or the design that he does just saying yeah that's a good idea that's not and then he he sort of does the same thing for me he does my uh, logistics sometimes if I need the help with you know international um shipping or um if i'm in a really creative space i get very vulnerable and don't necessarily want to talk to people about business um and so he'll step in in those times is that right yeah is that to have that support yeah it's really really good and so we've been together for like how long has it been like nine years and it's taken us nine years to figure out that that is his role for me so when he does step in and sort of create a little sort of safe bubble around me while I am creating. Yep. Um like if I'm in the zone, yep. so to speak. Yep. He does he know when you're in the zone? Yes. He, it's quite obvious. It's quite obvious. You don't have to say to him, Okay, I found it, come and help. Yeah. He knows. He'll be like, Oh shit, you're on a roll. Yeah. Okay, and I'm he'll gonna step in I'll and he'll deal with I'll talk to those people who are inquiring. Yeah, and, right. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically whatever else is is on your plate from a business point of view, yep. he'll deal with that. Yeah, because and then let you paint. I read an interesting article recently and it was about that, you know, and I know what this is the main thing that you want to hear about is that um, the balance between creativity and business. Interesting article recently was um, about how it's kind of, it's quick to go from your creative state to putting your business hat on. Like that's not so hard hard. because it's like, Oh, I've got to do that. So you'll do it. feels important. It feels urgent. It's so hard to go then back to your vulnerable, emotional, um, in the zone, in the now state sure. because you've got your, you, you know, your, your commercial hat on your marketing hat. You've now, you're now communicating with the whole world. Like, Oh, what do those people want of me? Whereas your creative self is 
it's it's for me it's really about it's like going really deep inside it's like what do I want for myself and like purposefully shedding other people's voices which include galleries which include family which include clients which include um old teachers or people who have commented on your work in the past you have to get rid of all of it in order to have that authentic sort of voice come out yeah yeah and your husband is a really key person in your life for helping you do that yeah 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 creating that safe space yeah the safe space i love that idea of the safe space (laughs) yeah because it's about playing it's about being it's like being innocent enough to just play without an outcome in mind yeah and if you're thinking oh you know i've got this so this is what i'm currently um sort of trying to get this trying to get back into this zone that i know i've been in before at the moment i'm like sort of teetering on the edge I'm trying to forget that I've got an exhibition coming up. Right. Yeah, it's yeah. like trying to play a little mind game with I myself see. where I can just get in the moment and play for the sake of playing, not create for an outcome, uh-huh. which is... With the deadline. Yeah, with the deadline. So can we talk about that exhibition or would you rather yeah. not? No, no, absolutely, because okay. I'm, I'm still, I still don't, I still haven't forgotten it. <laughs> yeah, yeah <laughs> so, okay, okay, yeah. good stuff. So a key, um, I want to talk a little bit about your, your art, specifically your art. And what you're painting. Damn cars. Yeah, there are a few, few cars going past here. I'm not sure yeah. if you hear those. Sorry about that. Um, but let's talk about exhibitions. So you exhibit, it looks like at least a couple of times a year on and off, don't you? The odd solo one and then the odd group exhibition. Yeah. Is that about right? Yeah. So, I mean, I've been doing this professionally for 13 years 13 now. 13 years. And so there's been major sort of learning curves and waves of like, oh, I'm, this year I'm going to try doing this. And so I'll do quite a few sort of charity exhibitions or school shows or I'll enter competitions. So that was sort of in the early days. Um, And then um, realizing, oh, I did too much of one thing. Next year I'm going to try doing one solo show. Uh, That might have turned into two solo shows. And then I'm like, holy crap, the last two years have been way too intense. Too much. Too much, too many solo shows. Pull back. Get back to the other staff or try something different yeah. next year, right? Okay. I've so. got to say, the, my most favourite. Oh, look at that cute little dog. Okay, that's not part of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> that is a cute dog, though. You're right. That's really cute. <laughs> so my favourite flow that I've, which is always the goal. The goal for me is to be in the flow. The flow. Yep. And my favourite flow that I've reached so far um, was just creating a painting for the fun of it, and then deciding what to do with it. Uh huh. Not to have no exhibitions yeah. coming up. No, no deadlines. No deadlines. They be self-imposed or imposed by others. Yeah, and so people said, "Oh, but does that work? Maybe you need the deadline in order to actually do the work." Sure, that, and I've that. tested it. Yeah, and I know that I can create work just for the fun of it. Sure, I know that I've done it, so it's tested and it's worked. Yeah. Um. Since then, I've. I'm doing like two solo shows, yes. so I'm going against. Because last time what I, I saw you, um, I think you were just you just finished some work for a solo show from yeah. memory, twelve pieces, I think. Yep. And then you've got another one coming up. Is it this year or is it next year? February 2018 at um, Art away. Bay Gallery Art in Bay Queenstown. Oh right. Yeah. And you need to produce, or you are forcing yep. yourself to produce x number of art, pieces of artwork. Yeah, at least twelve. At least yep. twelve. Yeah. So. You just said before that your ideal state of flow is just create something and move on. Yeah. 
and yet you're in this situation now, yeah. which isn't that. So how did you let that happen? I'm a slow learner. And <laughs> so right. what I find is that I, oh, I probably said yes to this quite a long time ago right. when I was still learning that, oh, oh my God, I can actually do that flow thing without a an exhibition deadline. Sure. Um, so probably before I learned that, I had already said yes to sure. a couple of solo exhibitions. So now I'm following through on my yeah, commitments. Yeah, of course. Good on you. you, know, and you Is that the end of any exhibition that. for you for the foreseeable future then? Yeah, for the foreseeable future. I'm, I'm not going to like, uh, I'm not going to take on any new solo exhibitions for now. I just want to yep. um, create. do this one and then see how I feel. Um, yeah, definitely just make it all about the creative play in the studio for a yeah. little bit yeah yeah great yeah you and you say you say for a little bit because I, I hear you say that's your ideal state of flow yeah but i feel like it might work for you yeah it might forever or it might you might yeah. actually need to change that. might actually need to change i think because we're always changing yeah. so i just know the way that i like working at the moment yeah. and so that might change yeah. you know i might want to become part of like bigger projects with um more people for example because sure. it's it's solo shows very solitary. Yeah. Oh my goodness. The last year I have spent so much time by myself in the studio and it's been hard, you know, there's oh, been right. a lot of difficult sort of mental moments. Yeah, sure. You know, but I have to be there. I have to do the work. I have yep. to spend the time. Yep. Yeah. And it's very rewarding when I'm in the creative state and I'm happy. And when I'm not happy and I'm feeling lonely, then I don't. Then I'm not able to um, be as creative. Oh wow! So, so you, it's just crazy like, learning, yeah, yeah. learning curve is, about yourself, it? you know. Yeah, and yeah. it does seem like it changes quite regularly as yeah. well. Um, working with someone, you've obviously got the support of your husband. Yeah. Have you considered finding another artist that you can do? Do you hang with other artists, other painters? Have you ever actually considered sharing spaces that you'd work in or getting together regularly? Yeah, that was the idea um, a little while ago. I, I definitely would try and pursue that in the future, um, doing some sort of shared space um, or more collaborative artworks. Yep. And maybe having both, because I do like doing my own work of course, as well. Of course. And then the, the thing about the shared space idea, it's cool but sometimes, you know, I'll wake up at 3 a.m. and need to go into the studio, which, thank God, is at my house. Of course, yeah. And do, do the work. Yeah, yeah. yeah, And great. so if, you're, if you've got a shared space or a, or a studio somewhere else, then you can't it's really... It's not going to happen. Do. I think even the most... This is what I think anyway. Even the most introverted of us still, we still need human interaction yeah. in some way, right? It's yeah. an integral part of us as humans. Yeah, is interaction with others. So yeah. you definitely don't want to overdo it. Have yeah. someone there by your side all day long, every day, because <laughs> they will drive you insane. Yeah. And even with your husband, you've still got that nice little separation where you're upstairs, yeah. downstairs. Yeah. But maybe, maybe every now and then you just need to somehow bring someone else in, or as you say, collaborate. So you've got yeah. some ideas there, which is good. Got my thinking cap on yeah. about that because I've I've done some things in the past which have been fun like collaborative artworks and so maybe just doing more of that and yep. I love your podcast idea and maybe that I'm not really a natural sort of I don't really articulate that well about what's really going on sure. in my in my mind but I I kind of also had the idea of doing a podcast yeah sure do it but it's a little bit it's way out of my comfort zone you know, so so we'll see. So, you know, it could be anything, something like that, which yep. includes a community of yeah, yeah, yeah. other creative Absolutely. people. That's yeah. actually a really great idea. I have this um, theory. I just spoke at a workshop a couple of days ago, and I actually have this theory about life. I see a lot of advice going around at the moment about if something doesn't really excite you, don't do it. Yeah. And I'm the opposite. 
I what I do is basically if something scares me, that's when I do it. Yeah, I think that's it. Sort of if the, it's slightly uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. So I'm actually trying to take on the most uncomfortable, scary things I can. And if something actually just seems too good to be true or too easy, yeah. I'm probably not going to get much out of it. Um, so that's kind of where I'm going with my life. That's an amazing experiment. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I'm not, I'm not doing totally crazy stuff, but um, that's why I'm sitting here chatting to you here today yeah. because it's 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 out of my comfort zone for me as well yeah you're gonna be growing so much from that hopefully it, yeah it's the the most growth happens when you're slightly supported and slightly challenged That's so right. you're like right edge. there in that slight yep. yeah you're you're teetering yep. on the, the edge. edge of the comfort zone right exactly yeah that's yeah, right yeah grow yeah so, that, so I, I actually encourage you to, uh, hopefully from today, you head back to your studio, back to your lounge, yeah. and you think, you know what, I'm going to do this. Yeah. Touch base with someone, kick something off, see yeah. what happens. So this exhibition that you've got coming up in Feb, yeah. down in Queenstown, you're going to produce 12 or more pieces Blank of art, cars. paintings. Yeah. Have you started? Oh, Have yeah. you started composing them in Photoshop? Have you even started putting paint on canvas? Yeah, so I've... Um, I started with two oil paintings, and they're oil paintings because I was painting over, God, that bloody plane. There's a plane. <laughs> I <laughs> wasn't expecting you, that. You, you'll you'll hear all these noises in post-production. <laughs> yeah. um, so I started with two oil paintings that, yes, I had painted over old pieces. Yeah. Did you photograph them before you did that, or you just said, nah, never going to see you again? Yeah, I photographed it. them. Yeah. Actually, no, they were they were partially partially done pieces that were just sitting there, and so I was like, "Yeah, I've got ideas for those." So oil paints, because you can't paint acrylic over um, an oil oh, base. Right. You can do it the other way around. Yeah. Um, so I didn't really have an option there of material. I'm I'm really liking, as I said earlier, flash. Yep. Um, so a more ink-like splashy effect and also acrylics because it's fast. And um, I'm really into that sort of fast way of painting at the moment. Right. I come from an oil painting background. So I know all about that. You know, I did it for 10, 11, 12 years. Sure. And then I was like, shit, you know what? I need a change. Oh, right. So you did identify that you wanted to change something. I wanted there. to change. You didn't up. want to do oils forever. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, and you but, could do oils forever, couldn't you? Definitely it's could, kind yeah. Kind of a comfort zone, but actually, no, let's push ourselves and see what else we can do. Yeah, so yeah. having had the freedom for a, a couple of years of, of doing, like, really sort of splashy and finding new techniques with the acrylics and the flash, um, I'm finding oils really frustrating because they're so, they take so long because I work in layers. Yes, so yes. it's like you do a little bit and then you have to let it white. You have to wait for a week. Oh, right. <laughs> and then so do a little bit more, wait for a week. Let it, let it dry, let it dry. Essentially. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah, right. Yeah. The painting is kind of new to me. It's not a medium I've explored that um, much. Yeah. Yeah, so excuse me if I ask some dumb questions no, about it. I didn't, I actually had never considered that. I really didn't appreciate that you need a little dry. I just thought you'd just keep going. Yeah. Layer on layer, but that wouldn't work. No. No. Okay. It takes a day. Yeah, right, yeah. right. Nice thick, thick coat of, of uh, oil paint. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So these um these these pieces of artwork that you will produce, is there a common theme that's going to run through this exhibition at all? Yeah, and I sort of discover the theme as as the weeks roll on. You know, I'm like, oh god, I see a, a similarity in the the previous piece that I just did with the one I'm doing now, and yep. it's very, it's all about just what I'm learning at the moment sure. about myself, about the world, it just tends to come out in a in a bit of a theme or a bit of a series. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's luckily it just naturally happens. And then you sort of reflect later on and I like to sort of write 
descriptions and I like to tell stories so it helps people find a way into the narrative of the work. So you're telling stories outside of your paintings themselves, you're actually writing something. I write a story about the painting and so I do that after I finish the work. Right. Um, it's like a retrospective. Absolutely, yep. retrospective. It helps me understand, oh, that's that's all the crazy things that I was thinking of during that time. Wow. And it helps other people also understand um, that's where I was coming from. Of course, with a visual piece of art, you can see what you want in Absolutely. it. Absolutely. But I think 90% of the time people are interested in, oh, what what did the artists have? What was going on? What was going on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What are you trying to tell us here? What's yeah. your story? Great. Yeah, yeah. So you write that afterwards, and you actually ne- you never know what form that's going to take until you've finished and until you sit down and write that. Really, yeah. is that right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. It's very I know organic. that there was like influences. You know, I might be painting symbols that are from specific myths, but then when I write the story, it just all comes together, and then it's like the the little nugget or the gem that I've learnt from painting that piece. It 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 absorbs into me yeah, yeah sure so your heritage is um relatively mixed right you've yeah. got some maori heritage irish yeah a couple more that i can't swedish can't swedish and english yeah english yeah right and your a lot of your recent work and i say recent probably actually for the last 10 years or so yeah. has um been of maori figures yeah maori leaders right yeah and you're quite renowned for that work there's a period of time there where no one was painting Māori figures at all. Oh, yeah. Is that correct? Yeah. And then Sophia Minson comes along and starts doing these amazing paintings. <laughs> and, and um, But I still see that influence in your work even to today, right? Even yeah. your later stuff does have some, some Māori influence in it. Yeah. Has that always been the case? Yeah, it has. Um, there, there have been other Māori painters, obviously. Um, yeah. But I just sort of saw that there wasn't much... Um, since Lindau and Goldie, there haven't been that many um maori portrait paintings portrait painters right done That's and especially not yeah yeah especially not from maori artists and so i saw that as a bit of a um niche that maybe i could explore further like hey why aren't we telling yeah. those stories through this medium which i love so yeah. much which is painting right so yeah. so not only not only is that part of your heritage, so it yeah. made a lot of sense that way. But you actually did just spot, as you say, you spotted a niche there and you thought, hey, yeah. uh, were you thinking of commercial aspects at that time? Um, I think that's just been a really good way of telling the story. Um, as I said, storytelling's you know, it, it's a way for people to um, understand what I do and they get attracted to my work more through that storytelling. I probably would have done it anyway, yes. whether there was a niche available or not. Yeah, yeah, so it's just, it's sort of, it makes sense, yep. but um, there was more of a sort of an inner yearning to um, to look at Māori um, myths, legends, and spirituality. And of course, being on this land, it seems very appropriate to explore that side of my heritage because I am here in New Zealand and Aotearoa. So it's, you know, if I was living in Ireland, I probably would have gone down more of the the Celtic side. And even now I am trying to introduce more um, of, or maybe start investigating more Celtic myths. Because these myths, man, these ancient myths are definitely a passion of mine to see the... The, the connecting threads between all these ancient myths and... Um, between yeah. the myths and today's life or between the myths themselves as they were between years the myths ago? Or, uh, between the people who lived centuries 
thousand millennia ago, um, how they're kind of reflecting um, really into Jordan Peterson at the moment. Right, Jordan Peterson. Um, he looks a lot at a lot of Jung's work and a lot of um, bringing meaning into our mythology, into our biblical stories, into oh, religions wow. from around the world, and seeing how that reflects our basic. Uh, psychological nature as human beings you know like through our evolution we've need this the storytelling of the myths um reflects our evolution what we're afraid of what makes a meaningful life um you know just lessons that we need to learn when we're young um to push us like the hero's journey is something that always comes up jo joseph campbell yes. writes a lot about yeah, the connection between all the myths and the hero's journey and then you have like your mother the the great mother figure the great father figure and them coming together producing the hero and the young hero has to like um the father can often become corrupt in his negative aspects so it can be like a corrupt culture and so the young hero will have to um sort of take down the culture but um, give it back its sight. So there's like an ancient Egyptian myth that has gone into um, Christianity as well is, is giving uh, Osiris back his sight. Um, the young Horus gives Osiris back his sight. He goes into the underworld um, where his mother is, um, Isis, and like, oh, it's just so. You I love just this love stuff, all don't of you? it. You yeah, love yeah. This. yeah it, because it's archetypes. It's archetypes and it's. Yeah, it's our deepest psychology. Deepest psychology. Yeah. And so you soak this up, you read yeah. it, you consume it, and then this is influencing your your current artwork yes. heavily. This is what it's all about. Massively, really. yes. Yeah. So I think I'm painting heroes at the moment. Heroes, In pre right. the previous exhibition, I was painting sort of the mother goddesses um, and the, the sky father. And at the moment, I'm painting sort of younger figures who are who are fighting and so it's sort of something that i need in my life maybe it's right. sort of telling me i need to be the hero of my own life isn't that amazing that yeah there, that's fantastic and i only saw i saw oh i've i've done three works with sort of youngish figures who are looking very strong and they're holding weapons <laughs> okay <laughs> yeah what does this mean <laughs> yeah 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 i I love that. There's a there's a, a quote that I love at the moment, which is um, I think it's from Austin Cleon, and it says you are a mashup of what you choose to lend to your life. Yes, it sounds seems kind of obvious. Yeah. But yeah, I can see this running through what you're doing here, right? Like you are you are very actively consuming very specific, specific broad yeah. things. Yeah. And then that's just coming out, and what you're creating, and what you're creating now will be actually. It'll be clearly a Sophia Minson piece, but it's quite clearly different from what you did five or ten years ago. Yes. Really, isn't it? Yeah, very much. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it's, you're so right. It's about what you choose to consume. Um, I stopped watching TV. Right. I stopped even listening to the radio, unfortunately. Um, you're entitled to do that. It was just too... I just... <sighs> the, the narrative running through mainstream media was really getting to me. Yeah, it was right. very um it gets to oh, censored. It gets to all of us, but a lot of us can't tune out and switch it off. <sighs> we find ourselves flicking in and Yeah. 
well, following it again. I, I admire that. I admire your ability just to switch off and ignore it. <laughs> well, we don't have a lounge anymore. So <laughs> yeah, there's no TV. <laughs> Definitely no TV. Yeah. So that's podcasts have been incredible, and also audio books. And yeah, you pick and choose what you find that's interesting. Right. That's what. right. Rather than being fed, right, yeah. someone else's program, yeah, someone else's um, schedule. Yeah, 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 yeah. You pick and choose, right? Yeah. Uh, and that is obviously the future of media and the future of consumption. You're just a little bit ahead of the curve here, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Everyone, get on board. That's right. <laughs> Turn your TVs off. That's right. They're get lying rid of them. to you. You don't need a couch. You don't need a TV. <laughs> Turn your lounge room into your studio. I love that. I love that so much. So I'm super interested in, in your exhibition work, but let's go forward now to March next year. Yeah. Um, one of the really cool things, when we chatted a few months ago, we spoke at a conference together, a secondary school, a conference for secondary school students, which was a fantastic experience, I thought. One of the things we talked about was, and this fascinated me, was the, a dream session. <laughs> do you remember talking about that? <laughs> yes. I was like, what is this? Yes. And how does this, how do you do this? And how does this impact your life? And I'm just imagining February, exhibitions done, hanging on the walls. Oh, yeah, another might, dream session. Yeah. Is that what's going to happen? It'll have to happen, yeah, because yeah. there'll be a there'll be a gap. There'll be like, holy, you yeah. know, the the big climax. This is the exhibition, and, and then, then the day after, will um, you know, you run the risk of <sighs> the energy leaving you. That's and, right. So, and, but that's good. That's a good time where you're questioning, what next? What next? And as we talked about last time, that's for me when the dream session comes in. And um, I find it helpful to do it with uh, my husband because obviously our dreams sort of, we have to tell each other what our dreams are so we know what direction the other person wants to go in and see if we can align and help each other. Yeah. Um, But you can obviously do it yourself as well. No, Um, I think it sounds important that you're doing that with your husband, especially given given your relationship and then given how you are helping each other. And so the idea of the dream session, and I may not articulate this very well, but is just to find some space, find some time, paper, pens, and just plan out... Is it yeah, get primary school, primary paper, school, yeah, pens, paper and pens, crayons and paper. Pencils. Yeah, I think you even said to me, come to the beach, sit under a tree with a yeah. big bit of paper or something. Yeah. And is it is it just plot, draw, write as many yeah. different options or possibilities as you can foresee for your future? Yeah, yeah, anything bizarre that pops into your head, and it's just about getting the imagination going. Yeah. Um, so I think our whole lives are really an extended. Um, an extended imaginative experience that we're having with say the creator or the creative universe and then our individual creative thoughts um, combine with that sort of major narrative and we create our own individual experiences that are happening around us so if we have a dream session it takes a long time you have to have a dream session you have to concentrate really hard for months and months and years and years and then you make those dreams a reality but if you don't have the dream session you're just sort of a victim of what's going on around you rather than part of the creative um part of the creative what do you call it uh decision making yeah. Yeah, I mean that's our free will as human beings. Yeah. What do you want to do? Do you want to be in your nine to five, um, or do you want to try something different? Write it down, even though it seems absurd and like it could never take place. No, you know I've got all these excuses why it can't happen. Well, write it down, 
and then just see how big your imagination can get. Don't limit write anything down and so it's it's the first step it's absolutely the first step then then you have to if you want those things to happen um you know there's many different techniques but people do vision boards and um you can put it into little micro goals to get you to that massive dream that you have so it's not it's it's more than just writing it down. I mean, a lot of people would never do that, and not, yeah, a lot of that's people would not, a lot of people would never isolate and write mm. down any of their dreams or goals, how bizarre and big or small. Yeah, that is actually only the first step. Yeah. You're suggesting that what you then need to do is actually figure out a plan. You can't just write it down and put it somewhere and it'll happen. Mm. You actually then need to work towards it. Yeah, right. And absolutely. you're quite active about doing that as well. Yes, but I, I'm sort of half and half because. Sort of the way you had this idea to do a podcast and and you're just jumping straight into it and you're going to see what happens and how it grows. I'm a major believer in that as well. Right. That you do your 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 passion and your direction changes with what's going on around you as well. And so you need to be flexible. Yeah, you can't have it all too locked in. No, from you the start, can't have right? it all too locked in. That's boring. Yeah, absolutely, isn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. absolutely. Um. So yeah, I'm. I don't have all the answers. I'm just sort of, I do the dream session because it's awesome. <laughs> and you think of things you never would have allowed yourself yeah. or given yourself permission to I was so fascinated and I still loud. haven't done one and it bloody bothers oh, me actually. You should. I need to. Yeah. yeah. I, I, yeah, I need to. I really love the idea. Even if you're not sure if you want that, you know, yep. just, it's like, a possibility. We don't have down. kids, right? But we wrote down, huh, here's a little dream that I see. We have three kids, <laughs> <You know? laughs> right. and then I haven't chosen that. Sure, sure. <laughs> but we wrote it down. It was still an idea in your because head because it's right? sort of pushing yourself, you know. Because we lock ourselves into this is our life story, um, but the dream session is just about unlocking yourself. <laughs> Great. <laughs> All right. I yeah. promise. I promise to go away from Please here and do. action that. Yeah. yeah, and just do it yourself. You don't sure. have to do it with anyone else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'll do the same in March. <laughs> yeah, right. So you'll do that in March, yeah. and then and hopefully some things will come out of that. But hopefully one of those things that'll come out of of that is you just creating artwork, yeah. creating paintings, just for the sake of creating, because you've told me that's you want to find your flow in that yeah. again, and that's what you want to do. Yeah, yeah. And so let's now talk about. The commercial side of it, because I love your story and I love your artistry, but you just said you've made a living doing this for 10 or 13 years, right? So I read a a quote in an article almost 10 years ago that said that Sophia Minson, um, she pays no attention to others and she basically just paints whatever takes her fancy. And is it fair to say that that was your ethos and it still is today and it sounds like it is? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And then then you effectively, uh, in a nutshell, hang it slap a label on it and say if you like it buy it yeah that's my favorite way of working i'm not saying i haven't fallen into the trap of um uh so it's okay the alternative is and i know other people who like working this way so it's very individual you have to figure out if you're an artist out there you figure out what you enjoy um but some artists enjoy briefs sure a brief from a client um they might have even come from a design background, and so they're very comfortable with the brief experience where they're given like a general outline. Oh, we want it to be this size, um, this subject matter. We'd love these colours, um, and it can get it can be as broad as spe- or as specific as um, your conversation with the client is. But a lot of artists like that because 
you know, it's the old saying where creativity flourishes when you're actually given some constraints. Absolutely. And I and I conform to that a little bit as well. Yeah, I think that's really is... important for how I work. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Blank canvas is the scariest thing in the world for me, right? <laughs> yeah, but those constraints give you like, it's almost like a... I don't know. I don't know how that works. It just does, eh? Yeah. Sometimes it just works. Yeah. For me, I've found that... I then become too obsessed with the client right. and I forget what I want. Right. And so it just doesn't work for me. And, right. and so I don't take on commissions anymore. Great. Um, You've done it, it done and it. you didn't really enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. And so you just don't. Yeah. I just and I don't. love it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Great. Yeah. Um, I also find that doing commission work um, or doing work that maybe is expected of you is is sort of repeating what you've done in the past. Yep. And I'm very yeah, much about absolutely. pushing my style, pushing my themes. What am I learning now? What do I want? It's going to be different, sorry, from six months ago. No, I can't do that same sort of painting now because I'm a different person. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's sort of a bit about being a little bit of a, maybe a bit of a rebel spirit and saying, yeah, I know you're going to give me that money, but it's about... I'll I'll be able to earn more money by being my authentic self now by not trying to repeat who I was six months ago um, because it can't be about my money's cool like this commercial conversation is really important because a lot of artists won't go into um, being their own boss and and being an artist um, as a career because there's this um, perception that you you won't earn enough money. That's right, the starving artist thing, so right? I yeah. had that too. I had that uh -huh. perception, um, which is why I started a science degree after school. And I love science. Don't right. get me wrong, but I I've always painted since I was a baby, and drawn since I was a baby. And so why wouldn't I be an artist? Oh, I'll tell you why. Because I thought artists were poor, and. Um, and apparent, I look around the world and I'm like, oh, you do need money to survive. And I wanted to have like a successful career. So I went into science, which is bizarre because scientists are often struggling as well. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, did a year of a science degree and felt this undeniable sort of creative pullback towards the arts. But still, so I was in my, like, I was maybe 19. I was like, no, I can't just be an artist. They're poor. Oh, um, so instead, I'll do like a creative, normal career, like uh, interior architecture. So I was like, okay, that's that's a nice um, sort of, uh, what do you call it, a uh, compromise. So, hi. Hi again. Welcome back. Um, <laughs> so forgive us if we repeat something. We may repeat something. <laughs> and you know what? The conversation was amazing. We may... The second time around may or may not be just as amazing. We'll see how we go. I think we solved the world's problems <laughs> in the last yeah, chat, yeah, yeah. so we're going to have to remember what the solution was. Remember our solution to the world's problems. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Something tells me we're not going to get it right this time because it was going along really well. But anyway, you were just telling me about your degree, your science degree, that effectively lasted a year. Yeah. And then you decided, hey, I'm going to go and do something middle ground. So I thought artists were poor, started this... Um, I found a degree called Spatial Design at AUT, which was um, my idea of a bit of a compromise between the creative, but it was still like a, a normal career. There's job um, prospects after I, this? I thought job prospects as interior architect, right. as an interior architect. Uh, it turned out the degree was pretty like 
woo-woo, so I don't really know how I would have become an interior architect <laughs> oh, from that. that right? Although I didn't really apply myself that well. It was more about, you know, going for lunches with friends and um, partying. Social and side. So, the social side. Studying. So, yeah, I got a really lovely group of friends, and that's for it's me. To this day, still you, got them. Still, and uni was that for me. Right. It was about, the vehicle for friendships yeah, and the love. being an adult. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, but so I think it was even the first year of that spatial design degree, which I was determined to finish um, because I'd already started the science degree before that. And I was like, no, I can't leave another open-ended um, tertiary attempt. So yep. um, the first year, though, I was – the key is that I was I was painting regardless of whether it was my career or not. And so that's sort of the advice that I give to other young artists when or – whatever age artists if they are wanting to do it as a career i'd say who cares about the career are you painting are you doing it regardless of the monetary reward because if you are well then you've got something to work with um and so i was accumulating my own artwork around the house and i was like god you know these paintings are everywhere ended up talking to a um a lovely neighbour of ours in Ohopia Beach. Uh, my parents lived there for a while, and um, she you, was an artist. So you we, were living at the beach at the stage? My parents oh, were. Oh, you were out yeah. there seeing them. Yeah, down there. Yeah. Down there, yeah. 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 Um, so the neighbour was a working artist, and she said, well, why don't you get a website? This is back in 2003. Or early the, days. The conversation may have even been in 2002. It was early days of yeah. people getting their own websites. Absolutely, yeah. Um, and so I joined a, a sort of an online artist directory, which no longer exists. But um, at the time, you know, you got your own little individual uh, URL as well. And from that, I got found by some lady um, who was uh, organizing a women's show event at Auckland Showgrounds. You know how they have like the baby show and the wedding show and all of those sort of yeah. um, things there. So she was organizing that and wanted to give away a few spare booths to artists to show their work. And right. so I was like, oh, cool. Well, this booth? is the, yeah, I'd never shown my art to the public before. No one had seen it. Not, never. Not online nor no. in person. N yeah. Nor in person. I mean, obviously family, sure. but that's pretty not much the it. Yeah. So I was 19 and, um, you know, fresh face, naive, which always helps. You Absolutely. know, you can't really work things out too um, minutely in your head. Otherwise, there's no uh, fun experience of life. <laughs> you sort of have to, I find anyway, it's good to just jump sort of in. throw, yeah, jump in Give the deep end. So um, set up my booth there and actually sold out all of my artworks. Every piece went. Every piece. That, and that, that woman's show. wasn't oh even necessarily... God how you would expect to sell art, right, at a woman's oh, show. No, like, what is that? <laughs> it's not even an exhibition. <laughs> yeah. But um, first public showing of my work sold out, and I thought, you're bloody kidding me. What sort of prices were you putting on your artwork at the stage? Oh, they some smaller ones were like $250, $500. I had a massive piece that I put $1,200 on, and it was this portrait of a um, an African woman holding a spear. And I remember the buzz of... Um, connecting with a, a buyer or an audience, someone who's looking at your artwork. I'd never actually experienced that before. She's like, I've been through an abusive relationship, and when I see this strong African woman holding the spear, um, it 
reminds me of the own my own confidence that I got to get out of that abusive relationship and it's just like it's a reflection of my spirit and I just got chills I was like wow this is a whole element to my art that I hadn't expected you're doing this for yourself and it's it's resonating and connecting with other people yeah on different levels yeah that I I might not have even connected with me on that level but with her whoa um so yeah, that was very buzzy. Also, um, was able to sell the pieces, and I thought, oh well, that whole bullshit about artist support. Um, I need to, <laughs> I need to um, prove that wrong yeah. now. I need to continue with this. I've had a taste, is, and I can see this is going to work. This is what I want to do for the rest of my life. And essentially, here you are today, right? Still yeah. fundamentally doing the same thing. Yeah. No longer do women's shows. No, no. no. <laughs> so that's the first thing you sort of. Uh, other advice that I've given like um, artists starting out is that you 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 put yourself out there in any way you can if you have the energy to do so um, so marketing wise you can write your own press releases and send that out to um, magazines and newspapers if you've got an exhibition or you've you've just come back from overseas or you've got a story to tell you know that can be a press release that you learn to write yourself so that's some advice i got from a freelance journalist write back in the day press write your own your press own release yep. yep blow your own trumpet yep. awkward, put your, it's awkward works. as shit but you put yourself out there yeah. um and the other thing is obviously um uh competitions art competitions put yourself out there put your work out there um you wouldn't enter competitions now but it it was part of your you know what i haven't i haven't for a while um but it's mainly because i haven't got a i've always been doing an exhibition i haven't got around to organizing a piece for a competition at the right time no no not at all not at all yeah just for a bit of fun just just, for the challenge yeah just for a bit of fun exposure as well yeah i mean i don't usually do things as much to increase exposure, I've become I've become more of a purist in terms of the creative side, um, and then the money or the career sort of happens around that. But when you start out, I think you do in terms of sharing your work, you do need to push um, entering as many competitions and increasing your profile a bit, just so yeah. you have a base to um, to rely on later on. Sure. Yeah, and then that's what I've sort sure. of done. And then you get a bit lazy. Like I feel a bit lazy. I don't write press releases anymore. Uh-huh. <laughs> but definitely did for years and years. Yeah, you are Sophia Minson now. People are kind of coming to you, I guess, or, or searching you yeah, out. Yeah. How does your How does your work sell now? You've still got that website. You sell work directly via the website. Yeah. You'll sell work at these exhibitions. Yeah. Because that's the thing. You produce 12 pieces of work for this exhibition. Mm. And the idea is that you're trying to sell those as well. Yeah. Or you're hoping they'll sell yeah. as an outcome. Hoping, yeah. And then your work's also exhibited at galleries and, and other spots around. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And so the exhibitions are at galleries. Um, and I'm, I don't have an exclusive re- arrangement with one gallery. Um, I sort of have about three or four main galleries that I work with in New Zealand. And right. then if there's overseas opportunities i do that as well yeah are you actively exploring new or alternate commercial avenues Uh, uh, is there anything else out there or is this honestly this digital age provides a lot of opportunities um for promoting your work via social media and selling directly yep so working on that haven't even got uh, there yet I, I haven't even scratched the surface because uh-huh. I'm so lazy with my um, social media. Sure. But, um. Not well. Yeah, oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I try. <laughs> Sometimes I'm onto it. And, um, 
Uh, no, there's a lot of sort of digital avenues that you can go down in terms of marketing your work. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But right now you're obviously comfortable enough. I mean, well, right now it's it's mainly because I've I have to concentrate on this exhibition that I've um, that you committed myself. You wouldn't, wouldn't think about, and wouldn't commit to. Uh, yeah. yeah. So that's the main thing, and then um, after that, you know, uh, let it. I I, I want to redo my website. That's always. I think a website is really important for an artist because it's your portfolio. The better it looks, um, the more easily it reads. That is how people are going to first probably see your work. Yeah. Is is your online portfolio? Yeah, I'm a yeah. massive advocate for for your own domain and yes. like your own presence on the web yes. and I appreciate the huge value in using other people's platforms especially those social platforms right I know Facebook and yeah. Insta and all that stuff are amazing but there's nothing quite like actually owning your own space yes you can brand it right yes. and it can fit you and you've got more control over it yeah you're not you're not at the whim of what some other commercial company decides to do yeah so it, you'll work on your website soon yeah yeah working on it now oh, right. and um just in the background uh yeah, I haven't updated the, my current website for, since two thousand and twelve. Oh right, or something. Yeah, yeah. So oh, it's looking years. looking yeah. a little bit tired, but right. yeah, right. Yeah. It's still fundamentally working though. You're it is still, still fundamentally you're still working. Still shifting some pieces. So. Yes, yeah, and selling limited edition prints from there. So yeah, yeah, it's been awesome, and that's the beauty of being an artist is you're your own boss. You know, you sell your own work. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So you and you sell the originals. So when you spend mm. all these hours on a on a piece of, on a canvas, you'll sell that original, but mm. then you'll also sell prints yes. of that. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. So you'll you'll effectively take a copy of it. Yeah, it's a it. massive thing. Is taking good records of your work. Uh -huh. So really, really high resolution photographs. And I've learned yep. that all of these things that I'm talking about, I learned the hard way. Yeah, that's what I like to do. So I like to take crap photos for years and years and then realize, oh, taking high-res <laughs> photos are really important. Yeah. And then regretting that there's all these older paintings that I don't have high-res photos Sure, on. you've got low-res photos, but what you can't do much with those. Yeah. That's all right. That's but, right. But your ethos seems to be that you just go and produce another piece of artwork, right? Yeah. Do the right thing with that. Yeah, but the thing is you that's never cool. repeat what you've done before. No, so it's sort of lost to... Yeah. Have you ever been surprised at a place you've seen some of your artwork? Have you ever seen a painting of yours somewhere? Is that a surreal experience? No, no. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I guess we saw something in like that someone had bought, and it was in a tavern up north, and that was pretty cool. Like, yeah. Wow. <laughs> That's my work up there on the yeah. wall. Yeah, that must be quite surreal. Yeah. Or even in a magazine, I think, I saw a, a piece of mine. Like, oh, cool. I think they might have been um, – or it might have been a house – uh, house magazine. Oh, like great. Yeah, showcasing there. the house, yeah. and then there's your art piece on the wall. Yeah. Fantastic. Nice finishing <laughs> touch. Speaking of publicly seeing your work, you have done a couple of big, big paintings, right? Yes. Um, I think up here in Auckland at very least. Yeah. If not elsewhere. Yeah. They were they were collaborations. Because you talked before about maybe considering some more collaborations in the future with other people. That's what these were, is that right? Are you talking about the public works? Yeah, public. Yeah, yeah. so the, I've done a few outdoor works, which have been really fun. Yeah, you, know. you enjoyed those? Yeah, definitely, because yep. they're a little bit of a challenge. One was working on um, a 40-foot shipping container down at Queen's Wharf, and I did a portrait of Tikitane. Yes. And uh, I had to sort of learn how to paint on a vertically undulating surface of the <laughs> showing container. Yeah, oh, it was literally on the side of the shipping container. Yeah. yeah, and so I had to learn how to paint with vertical strokes so that I wasn't like having to go bip, bip, bip over all the undulations. <laughs> right. And another one was um, 
putting a portrait up on a wall, like pasting a um, portrait on a wall in Newmarket, on a massive public wall. And so that was cool, wheat pasting. But, um, yes, yeah, physically physically difficult work, you know, wheat pasting a printout of your image. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. How how was that public, um, the Tikitane work? You were actually working in public eyes at that mm. stage as well, were you? Yeah. Six days out in the sun with a little crowd forming around you, like, and asking, oh, so what are you doing? And yeah, how was that? <laughs> it, it's fun. It definitely is fun, um, but I get quite in the zone, so yeah. yeah. You don't want sometimes I pro- well, I don't. I don't mind. They can ask. I just might not answer properly. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, I put the music on here. loud, and yeah, just yeah. just do my thing. But in, uh, one, I remember in two thousand and ten doing a collaborative work with um, with Piap, uh, Summer Piap Tar, who is a um, New Zealand Cambodian graffiti artist, yeah. and he's since moved to Cambodia. But at the time, we were part of a doco f- called Canvassing the Treaty. And so that, you know, doing something out of the ordinary where you're part of a documentary, you're with five other artists, you're all experiencing sort of this wānanga um, workshop on the Treaty of Waitangi. Um, when opportunities like that come along, it Oh man, you you remember it forever? Like I'm talking about Huge it now in this interview. To, yeah, it was yeah. massive. Yeah, because I usually work by myself. Yeah. So it's like, oh, that stood out as not only teaching me a whole other side to um, New Zealand history that we're not really taught at school, and um, but it's also that other side of of working with other artists, which is cool. Yeah, right. So there, yeah. I can see a future here for yeah. Sophia, which is definitely. Um, Two things, a little bit more time to yourself to just create artwork for yourself, but also balancing that with some more collabs yeah. with some other people, right? Because you you've spoken it. quite fondly of that. I've seen your eyes sort of light up when yeah. you've spoken of those experiences. Yeah. So it sounds like you need to do I'm a craving more it. of those. Yeah, you are, right? <laughs> I've been in the solo shows zone for too long now. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. All right. Okay, that's fantastic. Even with that little hiccup, I think we recovered quite well there. Yeah. And I think we um, that that latter part of that interview took on a different journey this time, yeah. but I think it was really, really good. So what we're going to do is we're going to wrap it up now. I'm going to say thanks to Sophia for her time today. A couple of really quick questions, though, just random questions, right? Um, are you reading a book at the moment? What book are you reading? If it is indeed a single book as well. <clears throat> I'm reading a book called I Am Word, which is a channeled text by some... <laughs> Ascended spiritual masters through the uh, human man Paul Selig. <laughs> wow! Right, I better look that up. No, I don't even understand. So that. that's what I'm reading. <laughs> Fantastic. And I'm always listening to some audio book. I've got a few on the go. Audio book. Okay, yeah. Yeah. And then, okay, favorite podcast at the moment. If I want a new podcast for my road trip, what am I going to listen to? Duncan Trussell. The Duncan Trussell Family Hour. 100%. Love it. Right. Yes. Duncan Trussell Family Hour. Yeah. Good tip. Okay. Final question here. Road trip in the combi. You're driving from Auckland to Bluff. Four or five days. Who's your companion? Who's in the front seat? Anyone. Live or dead. Who do you want to talk to for five days? Oh, my God. Realistically, I'd actually want my husband there. Yeah. Isn't <laughs> No, sweet? but a more interesting <laughs> answer... Ooh. Ooh. God damn it. Anyone that I'd like to meet. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and, and tolerate talking to and for tolerate. five days, four or five days. It's a slow car. 
Well, since I'm obsessed with the Duncan Trussell family, I'm maybe Duncan, Duncan Trussell. Trussell. There you go. He can yap away. <laughs> Duncan Trussell in the front seat. <laughs> like a constant it. podcast. <laughs> yeah, fantastic. Okay, that's yeah. awesome. All right, thank you so much, Sophia, for your time. Apologies okay. for that little hiccup there, technical hiccup. We're back on track, and I appreciate it heaps. Cool, thanks. Thanks so much. Okay. Hey there, team. Welcome back. Thanks so much for sticking with me through that interview. I appreciate it was a slightly long one, but Sophia had so much to say. I also apologise so much for the battery problems. Hopefully we still captured the message of what we are trying to communicate through in that period. I don't think we lost too much. If anything, we refined the conversation and we got to the point quicker. You know, one of the things that amazed me so much during the interview was Sophia talking about her lounge room and converting that into a studio. And she invited me into her place afterwards, and she has done exactly that. She's literally removed her furniture, everything, and her entire lounge room is her studio. Blank canvases on the floor, half-finished paintings up on multiple easels, paint-splattered MacBook Pro that she uses for her inspiration, no furniture, no tally, no guests, just art. I loved it. It felt like such a creative space. Not all of us have the luxury of just being able to turn a room in a house into a studio, but do you have a dedicated space for your creation? I know that's not something that I think about too often, but this interview has me wondering whether that's something I need to do. So what are my key takeaways from that? As usual, I'll try to stick to three. The first one is the way that Sophia researches to create her images. One or two interviews ago, I spoke about the idea of creativity coming from connecting the dots. And I think this is exactly what Sophia does. She reads. She consumes a lot. She looks at a lot of other ideas for inspiration. And not painters, but other things. She pulls all these ideas together. She connects the dots. And then she goes and creates something of her own accord. When she talks about the things that inspire her, the things that excite her, it wasn't some other painter. Did you hear the stories and the books that she talked about that she's reading? How many of us are so caught up in the world that we inhabit that we forget to look outside of that? I know in the early days of me and my wedding photography, the only thing I would ever soak up was other wedding photographers. I'd look at their work all the time, and I realised how stupid and how narrow-minded that is. I haven't looked at another wedding photographer's work for 6-12 months, and in the last probably 3 years I've barely looked at any. I don't follow anyone, I don't check their work out, some of it bobbles to the surface, but generally I'm oblivious to what other wedding photography has been created out there, and I'm trying to open myself up to as many other forms of inspiration as I can. And I urge you to consider if you can do something similar. I love the way that she said that selling was just a way to move on, to remove the art from her life, to enable her to move forward with her art. I thought that was really funny. It was fascinating how she spoke of unsold pieces haunting her, and how she can look at old work and even sold items and wonder, what was I thinking? And in some ways the selling, rather than painting over an image, the selling is almost the moving on, right? It's the clearing of her mind, it's the ability to create something new. I don't know where I'm going with that, but I just found that concept fascinating. Create, sell, move on. The dream session. You almost knew I was going to bring that up, right? I was fascinated by the idea of a dream session when I met her first. I was fascinated again when we talked about it during the interview. It's going to be something that I'm going to have to undertake. In fact, tell you what, I'm making a commitment right now. I'm going to make a commitment to you and to me that by the end of season one of Breaking Out the Podcast, I would have sat down and done a dream session. How's that? I'm currently at episode seven. The season's 10, 12 episodes long. So by the time I finish this season, I would have done one. I'll check back in on a few episodes and let you know. And finally, I'm only six or seven interviews into this, but how many creatives have I spoken to have someone else to help with business? Do you know what the answer is? Pretty much every single one. Now, I appreciate this is a really small sample size, appreciate we're talking six or seven here, and these artists, obviously, they're pre-selected by me, right? So there's a bias going on there. 
but I have a feeling that this is going to be one of the most common threads that I encounter through every artist that I talk to. Assistance, support, someone to hold your hand, work with you, deal with logistics, business, or just help clear your mind. Enable you to find your creative space and help protect that space. Too many of us go on this battle on our own. And it seems to me like the ones who are really good, who are really successful, who are really creating art and thriving, are the ones that have that support. Again, I don't necessarily have a solution for how you find that support, but I urge you to think about whether you do, and if you don't, whether you need it. So there we go. A few key takeaways from my interview with Sylvia Minson. Hope you enjoyed that interview. Hope you enjoyed my thoughts on it. Go back and listen to it again if you need to. But for now, as I mentioned earlier, there may not be a regular episode over the next two or three weeks. Just bear with me as I'm on holiday with the family. But once we get to early to mid-January, these episodes will be back with regularity. So stick around, check your RSS feed, check your podcast reader. You'll see the new episode pop up when I'm ready. Otherwise, enjoy your Christmas, eh? Have a bit of time out, soak up some sun. Peace out. See ya. See ya.